Welcome to Cinema Wellman. I am your host, David, and today we're going to look at 10 films with phenomenal opening scenes. Now, truth be told, all of today's films are wonderful from start to finish, but these 10 lead off with some of the best opening scenes in film history. And early success is important. In the sports world, think about returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown or having your leadoff hitter hit a home run. Uh, an early goal in hockey, especially soccer, can set the tone for the entire game. It's good to get out on the front foot. The same is kind of true in movies. If that opening scene is a stunner, the audience is quite possibly hooked for the rest of the way. Now, the term cold open may have started with Saturday Night Live in reference to their skits that take place before the opening credits. Other popular shows, including Brooklyn Nine-Nine, are famous for their wonderfully crafted cold opens. The all-time king of the film world cold open is, of course, the James Bond franchise. Case closed. No arguments will be heard at this time. That may be an upcoming episode of its own. For today, let's uh, concentrate on 10 non-Bond movies with tremendous opening scenes. I've decided to do this list of these films in chronological order because, once again, I am not willing to climb out on that limb. After all, I am afraid of heights. Let's begin in 1941 with Citizen Kane. Rosebud. I think I did that rather well. I remember seeing Citizen Kane in film class at BU and being mesmerized by the opening sequence. We see a no trespassing sign, and then we pass right by it, and we go trespassing into the life of Charles Foster Kane. This haunting beginning culminates with Kane whispering one of the most famous words in, in film history, Rosebud. Uh, Kane then drops the snow globe he was holding, and it shatters on the floor. We then get the News on the March, a newsreel that gives us all the background we need to know uh, about Charles Foster Kane before director Orson Welles, who also wrote, produced, and starred, uh, unravels the mystery behind Kane's cryptic words. If you count the newsreel, this opening scene is 14 and a half minutes, but wow. Next, from 1950, we have Sunset Boulevard. This film noir masterpiece opens with a crime scene at an old Hollywood mansion. There's a dead man floating in the pool. We hear a narration about what's happening, and it turns out that the narrator is the dead man himself. It's not the only movie narrated by a dead character, but it's certainly the first one that I had ever seen, and I think it's still the best. The dead man, uh, screenwriter Joe Gillis, is played by William Holden. His character goes on to tell the story of how he ends up being shot twice and floating in a faded movie star's pool. This is great noir, and it's also one of the best movies about movies of all time. That's another upcoming episode. Gloria Swanson is tremendous as the aged starlet, and Eric von Stroheim plays her loyal servant, Max. Fun fact about that pool, it wasn't real. They just built it for the movie. It didn't have any filtration system at all, and it was filled in and covered over uh, when the production <laughs> concluded. Next, from 1968, we have 2001 a Space Odyssey. Have you seen Barbie yet? I did, and I loved it. You'll definitely hear more about it uh, during next week's episode, uh, The Best and Worst of September. Uh, I mentioned Barbie because its wonderful director, Greta Gerwig, pays homage to the opening of 2001 A Space Odyssey at the start of Barbie, and it's absolutely brilliant. 
Um, 2001 Space Odyssey is considered one of the best science fiction films of all time. It tells the story of an astronaut who's sent to Jupiter to investigate a mysterious artifact. It also tells the story of a computer who may or may not have the astronaut's best interests in mind. The opening of this space movie actually takes place around the dawn of time. We see a group of apes doing what our ancestors tended to do back then. Richard Strauss's classical piece, and I know that I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, also sprach Zarathustra, oh, that wasn't even close, swells as the apes gather around a monolith, touching and sniffing its smooth surface. They're then showed, shown destroying dried animal bones with clubs. So I guess the Strauss piece drove them to violence. If you haven't seen this movie, find someone who has and ask them to explain it to you. <laughs> Good luck. Did I mention that Stanley Kubrick directed this? It's just something else. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Next, from 1968, we have... Once Upon a Time in the West. This epic Western, directed by the king of the spaghetti Western, Sergio, Sergio Leone, is one of the best Westerns ever made. A co-production between Italy and the United States, it tells the story of a mysterious stranger out for revenge. The stranger, played by Charles Bronson, goes by the name Harmonica. And when you find out why, you'll understand the revenge aspect of this movie. I remember watching this with my dad more than a couple times. It's a long movie, which I usually complain about. But when it's a really long movie made before the 80s, I tend to cut it some slack. Because I think that movies were better made back then. Uh, the opening scene takes place at a semi-deserted train station where three men are waiting for the train to arrive. There is zero dialogue and no music as Leone relies on natural sounds, the wind, uh, a creaking gate, windmill, rusty things. I mean, it's, it's, the sound is amazing. Much of the seven-minute and uh, four-second runtime of the opening scene is spent on Jack Elam. He plays one of the men waiting for the train. After dismantling the telegraph because of its annoying sound, a fly lands on his face and won't leave. He sniffs and snorts and, and blows at the fly, but the fly stays. Jack Elam's uh, unique face, and if you don't know what he looks like, look him up and you'll go, oh, I've seen that guy in movies. Um, and Sergio Leone shoots him in a close-up as he then ultimately traps the fly with the barrel of his gun. Uh, nothing is going on and everything is going on as the director begins to tell his tale of revenge and retribution. Next, from 1972, we have The Godfather. This uh, I cannot do. Uh, every time I hear that haunting music over the rotating stars of the Paramount logo, I just get chills. That Godfather theme is amazing. The Godfather is really the only movie I ever remember my parents dropping Vanessa and me off at Grandma Lou's to go to see. When they got home, I was so curious about how much they enjoyed it, because everybody was talking about this movie. Uh, Ray nodded his head, indicating that it was really good, and Gene was still kind of wide-eyed and said something along the lines of, yeah, that was, that was a lot. <laughs> Many people, critics and regular people, will tell you that The Godfather is the greatest movie ever made. I never argue with those people, because they could very well be right. Marlon Brando is The Godfather, and the opening scene in the opening scene, he is visited by an acquaintance neighbor on the day of his daughter's wedding. 
The man tells the story of his daughter being assaulted by two men and almost beaten to death. He says that he went to the police. The boys were taken in and tried the investigation, ultimately released. He asked Don Corleone for his help in carrying out justice. Director Francis Ford Coppola has the man whisper the request to Don Corleone. We can't hear it, but we know what it is. And Don Corleone's response is, that I cannot do. Corleone eventually agrees to send over someone, Clemenza, to teach the boys a lesson and send a message. That'll be ugly. But he won't kill the boys, as the man wished. He says, quote, we're not murderers after all, end quote. The best part of this scene, other than Brando playing with a cat in his lap for most of it, is what Corleone tells the man before agreeing to help him. Don Corleone tells him pretty much, you know, sad story, dude, but you come to me now when you need something? You never invite me and my wife over to the house to socialize, etc. Like that, he berates the man for his kind of his social behavior and his respect before agreeing to help him in exchange for a favor he may or may not ask for in the future. It's an amazing opening scene, and it wonderfully sets up the character of Don Corleone. Next, from 1981, we have Raiders of the Lost Ark. Throw me the idol. I'll throw you the whip. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> the opening sequence in Steven Spielberg's love letter, The Days of Movie Serials, has everything. It has secret treasures. It has it's, uh, booby traps. It's got traitorous goons. It has angry natives. And it's got a lead-in to a most enjoyable movie that should have been a one-and-done. Every sequel to this film has been horrible, in my opinion. Of course, there's a fifth one now with 81-year-old Harrison Ford. Come on, hang up the whip, Indy. And all of that does not take anything away from the original and its opening scene. Let's go on to 1992 and Reservoir Dogs. If you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. I love that line. Even though I am by no means a Quentin Tarantino fan, I dislike more of his films than I like, there's no arguing that the opening of Reservoir Dogs is tremendous, and it put him on everybody's radar. The story is about a group of strangers, one an undercover cop, and a jewelry store robbery that goes wrong. Um, It begins with the men eating breakfast at a diner. There's a lot going on here, including a profane discussion of the meaning behind a Madonna song, the former loves of the gang leader who has found an old little black book of his, and the fact that Mr. Pink doesn't tip. The camera never stops moving as the conversations all seem to overlap. Yes, there's too much Tarantino. (laughs) There's always too much Tarantino. Let's move on to 1998 and Saving Private Ryan. All you really need to know about this stunning opening scene is that it depicts the Normandy invasion, D-Day, on June 6, 1944. That and the veterans who saw Saving Private Ryan, including many veterans who were actually there, said it was the most realistic scene of war they had ever witnessed in a movie. Chaotic, confusing, violent, louder than hell, and extremely bloody. This scene is ultra-realistic. Spielberg really is a master. He has two films on this list, and he could have had a third. Have you seen the opening of Jaws? Next from 2008 is The Dark Knight. Christopher Nolan is a skilled director whose movies are always anxiously anticipated. Ramp up that anticipation when a superhero or supervillain is involved. 
The opening of The Dark Knight features a bank robbery organized by the Joker and carried out by a bunch of criminals who eliminate each other during the robbery. It begins with a zipline stunt between two Gotham City skyscrapers and ends with a school bus making a withdrawal. It's a wonderful introduction to Heath Ledger's Joker, and it kicks off a very entertaining movie, even if it involves a superhero. Our final film today is an example in excess from start to finish. It's from 2022, and it's Babylon. It's extremely difficult, almost impossible to describe everything that's going on in the opening scene of Damien Chazelle's epic tale of early Hollywood. Babylon opens, it's 1926, and it opens with a Hollywood party slash orgy that appears to be straight out of one of Dante's nine circles of hell. This party's debauchery not only has a capital D, it is a capital everything. There's drinking and drug use to way past what excess means. Uh, ample nudity, wild music, various animals wandering around, urophilia, don't look that up, lavish decorations, violence, fetishism, and more drinking and more drugs. And it seems like there are a thousand people there. I have no idea how Chazelle shot that scene. It must have taken weeks. The pre-party scene features an elephant pooping all over a man in disturbingly graphic detail. Straight from the old pachyderms took us. It's absolute madness, the whole thing. Uh, And what a way to end today's list. That is a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us here at Cinema Wellman for some grand openings. Special thank you to my good friend Jack for suggesting this topic for an episode. Love it. And, and I ran with it. He only suggested it last week. If you have any ideas, let us know. Ask, and you shall receive here at Cinema Wellman. We hope you'll be back next week when it'll be time to break down the best and worst of the month of September. And until then, take care. <laughs>